All right, Heather, A through Z. Uh, let's go with R. <laughs> I don't think I have anything week. for R. Okay. It's not that I don't have news. I just don't know if I have anything specifically for the letter R. What about T? I don't know. What is with these weird letters? <laughs> Why do you pick more common letters? All right. Um, S. I can kind of make S work. Okay. Uh, news on this the set of Scream 7. More specifically about the character Sam Carpenter. Nice. Uh, Melissa Barrera has been fired from Scream 7. Uh, if you don't know who that is, I don't know. She's like the new main character of the Scream franchise. She was fired to a lot of controversy uh, for making pro-Palestinian comments. Um, I don't want to get too in-depth to what was said or whatever. Uh, there's only one thing she said that is slightly iffy. Slightly. Uh, outside of yeah. that, you know, she's just like, hey, you know, genocide is bad. Apartheid is bad. Doing bad shit's bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, what I remember hearing about it, I was kind of confused as to why she got such a bad end of the deal for any of it. But yeah. I mean, there's one thing she said that toes the line as to typical uh, anti-Semitic propaganda. Uh, but it's okay. still, it's still very iffy to me whether or not that directly is because there's two ways to imply it. It, it was what she said about the media. And if you're implying that Jewish people control the media, that's when you're going anti-Semitic propaganda. If you're saying that the Israeli government uses a lot of propaganda to sway the world media as a whole, that's more or less a factual statement. Mm, okay. That's something yeah. they've said they do. That's something they obviously do. They do constantly lie to always sway public opinion to be on their side, even to their own people. You know, so that's not a factually incorrect statement. It, It's just one of those things to where that is one of the only things I, I saw with what she said that is borderline. Yeah. And I think I it depends I on, that, yeah. on who you are. Because if you're anti-Semitic, you, you would view it as the anti-Semitic thing. You know, like it's it's just it, that is the one thing that I thought left anything up in the air. But at the same time, I, you know, it's it was just them trying to make a statement. And I think they made the wrong one. Because also the next part of that no news is uh, her sister in that movie. Played by uh, uh, Jenna Ortega, which is Tara Carpenter. Ah, see, I could have used the T on that one. Um, 
Oh, she left too. Right after, like yeah, days later, and they're like, "Oh, it's because she had filming commitments on Wednesday three. Mm. You're tired of like you know, it's a little too close for comfort. Like, why would you even be like she's in it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there would have been ways to work around it, especially because she's so like uh, prominent in both. Yeah, and, she's the second main character. Yeah, and like everybody, kind of, I feel like so many people wanted to watch it because she was in it for both of these. So yeah, that wouldn't have really made sense. I mean, she's the person that was not a star when you did scream five, but has since become a star, not because of your franchise. Correct. She's become a star for so many other things she's done. And you lucked out that she was in your franchise and now she's gone too. Right. So yeah, apparently they are now doing a complete overhaul of the entirety that is Scream 7, which also is going to now apparently completely abandon everything that has been set up in Screams 5 and 6. So, yeah. yay, I guess. <laughs> I was not very high on this franchise anymore. Yeah, right. I have not liked any of them really in a mm-hmm. while. I thought... They had potential, but overall just lacked any overall imagination. Yeah. And I just don't see it getting any better at this moment. Which really sucks because, and I'm forgetting the name of the director that was going to be doing this one, but it's the same director of Happy Death Day and a couple other movies. And I was like, I felt like that would have been a good director to do for this new screen movie. And it really just kind of sucks that who knows if he's going to get the opportunity to, or there's going to be some form of like taboo curse associated with him doing this movie now because of all this. So that kind of is unfortunate, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like at this point, do you even make the movie anymore? You know, like I don't, I don't really know what the best call would be because this is going to severely hurt probably a lot of people seeing it because I think it maybe I'm wrong but I feel like even when Nev Campbell left that really kind of hurt people wanting to see this last movie so imagine the two other main stars now in it like who are you gonna put in this movie now Uh, I mean it it did gangbusters at the box office I mean yeah maybe maybe it's just the diehards that are like nope (laughs) I don't know or maybe it didn't actually affect it but people went in being like this is gonna suck because of it, you know. I think it was that weird two-edged sword of, I think, the older generation of Scream fans soured on it. But the younger generation of Scream fans that maybe got more invested at Scream 5 didn't care. That Yeah, that's probably true. Because, yeah, the younger generation, all they care about was 5, 6, and probably 7, yeah. you know. Like, that's that's all they were really into. I mean, they probably mm-hmm. watched the other ones. You know, but yeah, they cared more about that. And so they might not have cared as much because these were their characters. Right. And like, I'm just kind of like at this point. All right. So who's this movie going to be about if you were keeping the main people, the twins? I don't care enough about the twins to do a whole screen movie about them. Kirby. I mean, I'd be more interested in one that revolved around Kirby than probably any of the other characters. But, like, who would this be about, you know, unless you just completely did all new people? 
supposedly they're from what I've heard, one of the big things they're wanting to do at this point is drop all the new cast and get all the old people they came back. I mean, at this point, I yeah. think the only real shot they have of salvaging anything is that, and also having Matthew Lillard somehow be a part of it too. Yeah, that's true. That's but then the it's, only way they're going to save a damn thing with this at this point. Yeah, but then it's also like based on what's happened, would they come back at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah, because so. what I heard, they were also really wanting to get Patrick Dempsey back. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, Patrick Dempsey. I was thinking of the guy. Uh, he's Mr. He's Mr. Sidney Prescott. Yes, he is. And that would be kind of cool if they did, you know. Mostly it would be cool if, you know, Sidney Prescott was back, but that's probably not going to happen. Oh, that it was both. That, I mean, but yeah, they want Sydney oh, and him. They want both. Well, yeah. Like they want to I, bring that couple back into the universe. And, but see, I guess I feel like it would be more likely for Patrick Dempsey to do it than for Nev Campbell to. Maybe not. But. I think Nev should be like, nah, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, but she should wait until after they get everybody else. Just be like, nah, fuck you guys. Just to kind of fuck it up a little more. Because what sense does Patrick Dempsey make in this movie without her? Right. Like Just like referencing her like in the background the or off screen or The only way you something. can do it is just say, nah, she's with the kids in hiding. Which goes against everything they've ever set up in this franchise. Or you have to say she died off screen. Yeah, and if you kill her off in this franchise, it's just the worst ever. It's not even that you kill her off. It's if you kill her off off screen. Right. It makes it that much worse. It's that much ins- it's that that much more insulting to your yeah. in general fans. That's true. I mean, and honestly like I I heard some people that were like bring Dewey back and I'm like there's no way to do that and if they did it would be stupid. As much as like I I was a fan of Dewey and he was a great character, I just feel like how do you bring him back, you know? Spoilers for people who might have not seen that, but anyways. Uh, on that note, bring back Randy then. Like, right. That makes just <laughs> yeah. as much sense. Yeah. Or, I mean, Stu, Ma- Matthew Lillard. Like, if they're trying to do that, like, how well, are we bringing but, him back? I mean, anyway? Matthew Lillard's the only one that's really kind of got that thing of he m- looks like he died on camera, but might not have. Mm-hmm. With the whole TV being dropped on him. Maybe he just didn't die. Like, there is some leeway with it, but it's like, all right, bring back Randy, somebody who's been officially dead since Scream 2. You know, right? Yeah. Bring back yeah. Sydney's mom while we're at it. She's only been dead since before the movies. <laughs> yeah. Bring back what's his name? Cotton. He only died officially in the third movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It would just be. And whatever plan they have, they're going to have to do some real damage control with it. I feel like. But. Which is unfortunate because I love the Scream franchise. Even the ones that weren't that good as a whole, I just still really like the entire franchise. This and I watch it every Halloween. Good riddance. Let it die. <laughs> or yes. at this point, good riddance. Reboot the damn thing. Yeah. Start over completely. No, yeah. nothing. No previous ghost, like all that shit. Nothing. Mm-hmm. A 100% hard reboot. Yeah. That's about all you got left. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is they tried that. And people 
barely remember that. It's called Scream the TV series. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that lovely TV series. And it sucks. They did yeah. like what a season or two seasons of that. Then they went, man, we suck at this, and let's reboot it again. And then they rebooted it again and still did nothing with it. It's a fucking mess. Yeah. There was like three seasons, I think, but they were all not good. The problem with that is they try, they try so hard to do like the pretty little liars, Mm -hmm. like the, you know, the, the, you know, the killer knows everything. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is this, everyone is that. They know everything. They're, you know, they're, they plan for everything. They, you know, they mastermind everything, but then they also, there has to be like nine of them. Mm-hmm. But only like two of them know they're working together, right? But somehow there's still nine of them in the end, mm-hmm. working independently of each other, making like doing all this shit. And it's all yeah. that all ties back to the first one because they all want that twist of it's stew, and mm-hmm. you know, like they want the it's this guy and this guy. They they constantly want to keep doing that. Right. Even in the TV shows. And it just makes no sense Mm -hmm. because they end up doing that too many times. There's just always more pieces. Then at the end of the season, they're like, man, we stopped all five of those killers that were working independently of each other and somehow never crossed each other's paths (laughs) for a a sixth killer to be revealed at the end to start the next season. Like sounds legit. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know it. Yeah. And it's one of those shows too, where I was like, I guess like I kept expect or not expecting, but I kept wanting it to get better and it just never did. And then, you know, by the point of the third season, you're just like, we got nothing left here, guys. I watched that show cause you recommended it to me. <laughs> yes. And I'll, I'll probably never be able to recommend anything else to you again <laughs> and you be approving of it. <laughs> sitting here just rather disappointed but to be fair i feel like well not to be fair but i think it was i don't i don't think all the seasons were done by the time i was watching that and recommended it not that it matters because none of them were great <laughs> but I'm not at least mad. it wasn't like third I'm season in <laughs> i understand and i accept this disappointment but on much happier news Henry Kissinger died. Uh, yeah, Henry Kissinger died. Kissinger. Oh, yes, I did hear that. He's Henry like Kissinger right? died. Yes. That man lived 99 years too long. <laughs> I'll say he was an innocent soul when he was a baby. Mm. After one, though, he was. After one, that motherfucker was probably already setting up stuff to be the one of the biggest war criminals ever. Yeah. The amount of people that that man is responsible for dying is absurd. He is one of the worst human beings to ever be alive in my lifetime. He is almost single-handedly responsible for why a lot of countries in this world don't like us. Because he's a terrible person. Also, something that a lot of people don't realize a bona fide traitor to the United States. He openly oh, and actively committed treason whilst working with Ronald Nixon. When it comes to Vietnam, 
also openly and rampantly committed treason when it came to friend of the podcast, Ronald Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) They actively worked against like legitimate president, Jimmy Carter working behind the scenes to delay the release of the prisoners during the whole Iran Contra fiasco, like that whole thing that then, which is actively an act of treason. That is an act of treason. If you are not like a part of the government and have not been so duly authorized to work on behalf of the government, you are not allowed to go fucking make deals with people on behalf of the United States government. That's what Kissinger did. And what they did is they fucking delayed it so that Carter would look bad. They had a deal in place and they delayed it so that Carter would look bad and then in return gave them fucking weapons, which was also a fucking act of treason. That's where you get the whole Ronald Reagan, oh, we have never and will never give them weapons and then like like later he's like six months later reagan's like hey apparently we gave him weapons i didn't know that but apparently we did but i still don't think we really did because you know reagan's a fucking piece of shit but reagan knew that from the fucking beginning that was the whole fucking scam they put together they are fucking terrible people and both of them should have gotten the death penalty in the 80s from it Mm. and i'm not even pro death penalty and i still think we should have made the righteous and American decision <laughs> to give Reagan and Kissinger the death penalty. Because mm. fuck them. Fuck them both. I don't even believe in hell. I think hell's too good for both those motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, man. But I am happy the fucker's dead. Finally. Finally. Yeah, I like how that was the on a happier note. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) November 29th is a kind of great day in my book now. Can't get any happier than that. (laughs) I'm really kind of sad that it's not a national holiday now. You should write the government about that. Yeah, it should be, (laughs) you know, fucker died day. Fucking Mm. awesome. And also just fuck most American presidents and everything since he became a thing too, because they've all fucking acted like he was a good person. Every single one of those fuckers was like, ah, he's a great friend. He's not. He is a terrible war criminal. And the fact that he just got to live and die on his own accord is really a shame. Now, how soon do we think it's going to be till we get, like, a movie about his life? Hopefully never. Yeah. I do not give a single flying fuck about anything they want to say about that man. (laughs) Even if it is like, hey, we're just going to tell you all the terrible shit that he did. That's when you just find somebody that's got a nice, soothing voice and have them just read off a list of all the fucking crimes that asshole committed. Yeah. I'll like that movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a straight up reading that's two hours, three hours long. 
Just reading crimes. <laughs> yeah. Reading just things that fucker did. Mm-hmm. I really hope his death sucked a little bit. And I don't even mean a little bit. I mean a lot. Did they say how he died? He's a hundred. Who cares? Yeah, he's a hundred. Could be it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is at that point. It's related to old age. You know, like the specificity, specificity, whatever the fuck that word is. Specificity. That word does not matter when you're a hundred. Yeah. I'm sad he wasn't shot. I'm just kind of hoping maybe he died because whoever was like taking care of him as a nurse grew a conscience and just stopped giving him morphine. And maybe he just died slowly slipping into abysmal agony. <laughs> it brings you sweet relief to say, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It does. I feel better about myself now. Yeah. Ready to talk about a Disney animated movie now? (laughs) Yep. Solid transition again. I'm the best. Yeah. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and J- not Justin. I'm joined by just <laughs> Heather. And tonight we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the newest Disney animated feature, Wish. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores. And then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. For both audio and video formats. And unlike the bonus episode we did, I will be doing video for this. I don't have a choice. I don't get the option. There will be video. And with all that, I will start us off. I'm kind of glad we went a little long on the intro. I don't have a lot to say about what is probably the okayest movie that okayed around this year. <laughs> yeah. It's not fantastic. It's not great. It's barely good, but it's also not bad. It's not terrible. It's not a waste of time. It just kind of happens. I mean, this is probably one of the first Disney musicals to come out in a while that I don't have something stuck in my head. There is not a single song in this movie that I have remembered since I watched it. I haven't been humming around to shit. Nothing. I had songs from Encanto stuck in my fucking head. For I don't know, however long it's been since that fucking movie came out. <laughs> yeah. I have songs from Moana stuck in my head since whenever the fuck that movie came out. 
And that also applies for both fucking Frozen movies. You know, like, this? Nothing. I think it had some good ideas. I think it went the wrong direction in some ideas. I just, I don't have a lot to say because this movie doesn't warrant it. It's bad, not bad enough to make me want to rant about how bad it is. It's not good enough to make me want to do anything with that. It inspires almost zero, zero ultimate emotion outside of the fact that it's, you know, kind of cute. I will yeah. say this. The one thing that this movie truly succeeds at is it's got like two characters in it that might, you know, be in the running for cutest characters that debuted this year. Yeah, I can agree with that. And one of them damn near might put Baby Yoda out of business for a little bit, at least. At least until the next season of The Mandalorian comes out. I actually like the other character. The other little cute character in this. A little more. I don't know why I'm acting like it's a big secret. It's not. This shit's... I don't know why. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like dancing around on this. The little fucking star fuck guy. Yeah. Everybody's going to love that fucker. Yeah. He's this Super cute, cute. cute little star that can't talk and just goes... Just makes little fucking faces and noises and shit. Yeah. Oh, everybody's going to sh- like fucking shit a brick for that little fucker. <laughs> He's cute. I like the goat more though. Yeah. That's that. I mean, and that's all I really have on that. <laughs> I think the goat's better and I think the goat's cuter. Okay. I mean, it is really cute. Yeah. And Alan Tudyk, I love his voice for the goat. I also like the fact that they gave Alec Tudyk lines. I could just see them going to him, too, and they're like, hey, got another movie. And he's like, well, what kind of animal am I playing in this one? And they go, goat. And he's like, great. I get to, like, ball like a goat for an entire movie. And they go, no, no, you'll have lines in this one. He's like, no shit, really? What's that now? (laughs) I get to be an animal and actually have lines? Right. So... Yeah, because isn't there somewhere he doesn't even say anything. He just makes, like, animal noises, and they still, oh, like, Moana. paid him to be there for that. Moana. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the chicken. Right. He's the fucking chicken in Moana. Yeah. What a waste of an Alan Tudyk, you know? Yeah. He's so, great. He's lovely. But yeah, that's really, you know, I'm almost topped out in what I have to say <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, you go ahead. Maybe you'll inspire thoughts for me to, I don't know, to have an entire third section of this fucking podcast. <laughs> I mean, you're right, though, because, like, I, I was trying to think, you know, of what is there to really super dive into with this one? And there's there's not, I mean, it is one of those where it is a cute idea. You know, it's a wholesome little story, but... You know, there's a lot of other Disney stories I would say kind of pull at my heartstrings more. They kind of relate to me as a person more than this one. So this one I didn't feel that much of a connection with, uh, to be honest. But I 100% agree about the little star. Little star was super cute when it's like 
swimming around in the air and like just making its silly faces and hopping around. It's super cute. And also I do agree. I, I do like the goat. I'm still, even though it's Alan Tudyk and I love Alan Tudyk, I was iffy on the voice choice because I don't know why I just like, it's a little baby. It looks like a baby goat, but it's got like this old voice. <laughs> it is technically a kid. So yeah. So and like and, a kid. Yeah. I mean, for anybody that doesn't know a kid is a baby goat, like a baby right. goats are called kids. And yes. And it was Valentino was the Valentino. name of the goat. Yes. I don't know. I like the joke, though. It is. It's. It grows on you. I at first I was like, what is going on here? But it grows on you because of what Alan Tudyk does with some of the lines. You know what I mean? Like he makes it funnier than it would be if it was probably anybody else. So I give it a pass for that reason. Um, But I do get it. Like there it's the funny joke of like he is just this, you know, like renowned, you know, very well-spoken, older goat sounding person when, when it's not like, it is funny, but it just was a little bit jarring because I just didn't expect it. Um, again, it grows on you, but, and, and that's interesting what you say about the songs, because I cannot disagree. Like the thing is, I think the songs were really good. I actually think the songs were probably one of the better parts about this movie which is sad to say because you're right. None of them are stuck in my head. I vaguely remember what the songs were about or like some of the lines of the songs, but I do not remember, like I don't have it stuck in my head. I don't have the tune in my head, which is really weird because that's just not very like Disney (laughs) in my opinion. Cause I think they have so many movies with just such catchy songs, all the ones you named, you know? And, uh, and also, I think that I mean, the the catchiest song in this fucking movie is when you wish upon a star. It's not from this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope, that's fair. And and it's it, it, it's a bummer too because there was potential for this movie to be better. And the voice acting I enjoyed because I think that um, Ariana Debose, who is the main character of this, her voice is magical. Her voice is insanely magical. I, I agree with you. I thought everybody's voices was good in this. I, I even like Chris Pine's like weird singing. Chris Pine was fantastic. His voice is great. And I didn't even realize it was that good. till I was like, who is this? You know? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a bunch of singers singing beautifully to nothing songs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. Because like, think about, I mean how great that could have been if they were catchy, like all of the other Disney movies, you know, I just don't know what happened here. It was lacking something. There was just something lacking in it that makes it a movie you care about as much as others. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I feel like, and yeah, I agree. Chris Pine. I I love that he was in this. I didn't realize that's who it was because I was like, who is this? Sounds familiar. Really good singer. And then I realized it was Chris Pine and I was like, oh, okay, there we go. But, um, but yeah, I think that there were some interesting concepts in it. I think that there were some clever moments, clever ideas, but it's, it's just unfortunately got to be one of the most forgettable Disney installments of a movie, you know? And, um, I mean, 
I barely remember the name of the main character. And that's only just because I looked it up on IMDb. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was her name. But yeah, it, it's it had potential. But again, like you said, it's not a terrible movie. It's cute. It's got cute ideas, but it was kind of lacking the, I guess I would say, I don't know, conviction of something in this movie or it was lacking a, an actual like feeling like it had enough heart behind it. You know, you just feel like they were just like, okay, we ran out of ideas. Let's do a vaguely good idea, but just we need to get it out in theaters. So we're not going to develop the story more is kind of what it felt like. So that's kind of where I sit with the movie. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, I'm sitting here and I'm just, like, wishing, no pun intended, that there was just something more about this movie. Um, I guess on to the next one. Recommendations and scores? Yeah, let's go. Recommendations and scores. You can go. No, I'll go first on this one because I'll let you go first on the next one. I mean, I guess I recommend it. I mean, like I said, there's nothing like ostensibly like offensive. It's just, you know, a movie. You've got, you know, if you want to go just sit your kids down for like an hour and 45 minutes or whatever the fuck this is and. I, I mean, there's worse things you can do. You can also, do, I don't know, just wait for it to come on Disney Plus. Because I don't see the point in spending money on this. I mean, I guess, you know, if, you, if you're taking a bunch of kids or something, I mean, I guess it's okay because, you know, you get kid ticket prices. You know, so maybe go during a matinee so your ticket's cheaper too. You know. I just, I was looking forward to this movie and I was, I was bamboozled a little bit. I just, I don't know. It's just inoffensively there. And I'm worried that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to pull a Justin and not remember I fucking watched it. Somebody's going to be like, oh man, Sterling, you should watch that movie Wish. I'll be like, all right, I'll give it a chance. I'll go on Disney Plus and I'll start watching it. And about 20 minutes in, I'll go, fuck, I have seen this. Yeah. It's going to be on par with that, you know, what is it, Renfield? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for that, I guess... Uh, I'm going to give it the, the lowest passing score I technically can. I'm giving it a 60. Valentino the goat's cuter than wishy McWish wish the fucking star. Out of 100. Uh, you? <laughs> um, yeah, again, like, it's it's passable and it's it is a wholesome movie. It's got some good ideas and it's got some really cute characters and great singing. 
so yeah, watch it if if you're just feeling like you want like a wholesome like family type fun film, I guess. But it's yeah, it, it just it doesn't it it's just got more potential than it has actually like uh what is it? I guess the the way that it's actually executed is the word I was looking for. Um it's not executed as well as it the potential that it could have been if if you will so that that's a bummer and that's a disappointment but um there was there were some moments you know it had its moments and yeah i think that it's it's not going to be i don't think anybody's list of favorite disney movies probably it's not going to be one that you're just like this has the greatest new song of the year in it like the fact that I'm Just Kin is a song that I think about on a daily basis way more than any of these songs I would ever think about. Like, yeah, it's just what it is, you know, but I don't know. Um, So I I do I do recommend it because I guess in a sense, I'll also pull a Jason card of like, unless it was just absolutely terrible, you know, I'm not going to say don't see it. I just I don't think it's memorable, but I also don't think that you're going to hate it. You know, you'll, you'll have a decent time if you like the, the Disney movies. So give it a shot. But again, it is something that you can wait till it is out of theaters to see. So, yeah, I mean, I'll go a little bit higher than you on it. I'll go. Um, oh, you know, I'll give it a. I'll give it. Mm, 68 cute shooting star is my favorite character out of 100. 68? You oh know, a whole eight points higher, I know. I don't even need to do the math. That makes the official Cinescore for this movie a 64. Yeah. Spoilers? Sure. Oh my God, we are cooking. Spoilers. <laughs> like I said, Heather, you can go first on this one. Okay. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, the idea of this movie essentially being like, you know, everybody in this village gets to make wishes. It, it sound if I'm remembering right, because it's been a little bit since I've seen this movie. Um. You by the time you're 18, right? Or do you have to do it before you're 18? No, no. So on your 18th birthday is when you make your wish or you yes. give your wish, right? Yes. To Malefico or whatever the fuck the guy's name was. Yeah, Magnifico. Magnifico. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. So when you're on your 18th birthday is when you do that, and when you do it, you completely yeah. forget your wish. Yes, and see, that's the part that I don't really know if I like how that was executed because I feel like. For one, also, if you can only, I I guess, like, how would that work? Because 18-year-olds, their wishes are going to be way different than when you're actually an adult that knows a little bit more about life. Yeah. You know? Like, the thing is, is, like, when I'm 18, I'm like, I want to be a sex god. (laughs) There's nothing I wish for more in my life than to just fuck. Yeah. I'm 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 almost 38 now. Yeah. I'm almost 20 years removed from that. I'd probably <laughs> like, I don't know, I guess a stable life would be nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. World like, peace. Something. That's, you know? that's what I, 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 I do agree with you. I think that that is one of the most deeply flawed concepts in this movie. That yeah. your wish when you're 18 is what your wish is for your entire life. Also, because like sometimes you find out what your wish would actually mean. Right. You know? Yeah. I used to want to be an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. Until I talked to some FBI agents and I found out what being an FBI agent meant. Mm-hmm. I no longer wanted to be an FBI agent. It's not that my dreams were crushed. They just changed. <laughs> I realized I had a shitty dream. Yeah, exactly. It did not line up with what me. Right. You know? Yeah. Like I also used to have a dream for long flowing locks. <laughs> when I was younger, God, I was like, man, I'm going to grow my hair out and it's going to be long. Yeah. Yeah, that so changed much. a while while ago. <laughs> that's a different dream now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's the thing is, like, I get parts of the, the, the aspect of what they're trying to say is, like, you know, like, part of what makes your dreams worthwhile is working for them and to doing those things. And I, I do appreciate that message, but... Also, it's the dumbest system in the world. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like what would have been a better way to see like to say how your dreams, you know, is there a different age you should be at? Or is it more of the like you pick one person when they're a certain age, you say, what's your dream or something? I don't know. I think one of the better ways of doing it would be like that the dreams would also magically evolve. Instead of making it. The very specific dream. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the concept of your hopes and your dreams. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think this was the dream, but it grew into something more for this dream. And so, therefore, that's the wish you get if if and when it's granted. Yeah. Because, like, part of it, too, is, like, and and maybe they were implying that because, like, the main character's grandfather, his dream when he was an 18-year-old was apparently... When he's a hundred, he plays guitar for people and inspires them. Like, that's weird. Wouldn't you have that dream for like next week? I do that. Right. You know, but like his dream, you see him as a hundred year old doing that, you know? So maybe they're implying that the dream does grow with you. But I think that they should have been more specifically said that. I think that that should have been something that was revealed in it. That not all dreams are the same as when they were made. Right. Or wish, I'm sorry. Not every wish, you know, is the same as when it was made. Yeah, exactly. It's grown. And like, and make that more of the tragedy behind it. That not only do you not remember your initial wish, you don't know what your wish has become mm-hmm. as you've grown older, as you've experienced life. Yeah. And that's still that it's still taken from you. Yeah. Even if it's changed. Mm hmm. Well, and my my thing with that, too, is like, I don't really know how I feel about the idea that you forget what your dream or what your wish was, because it's like it's one of these where you get one opportunity and then it's also like. If you've forgotten it until it's possibly one that's chosen, it's like, yeah, is your. Your your dream, you know, when you made that might not be the same. And so it's like when you realize what it was that you dreamed, you you could be like, oh, 
this was my dream. Well, that was a waste, like, you know, or that was my wish. So it just feels like, I just feel like that's kind of going to set up most people for disappointment. If they're just like, I forgot my, what my wish was, but it's being granted now. And I was like, even that lady that the one that they showed in this movie where they granted her wish to make all of the best dresses in the land or whatever it was. And it's like, shouldn't, cause she'd be like, Oh, I just wish to be a successful businesswoman and make, you know, things to give people better jobs and things like that. Like that might've been her dream now. Well, or, you know, or it could have just been one of those things. It's like, what if that wish was granted to her when she's 98? Yeah. And then it's like, well, can she even make dresses anymore? <laughs> and then she dies the next day. Yeah. Who knows? Like, what was really know? the point of granting her wish, her you know greatest wish at that point? Like, Or what if her wish was, I want to have 10 kids and then she's 90 years old and it's like, oh, okay. She's well. 90 year old and only has none. Right. Yeah. Or has one or something. Like, yeah. There's any number of things like it's just it's a weird system. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting because there were some concepts they did with it that I was like, OK, like the idea that, you know, Asha wanted to get her grandfather's dream or his wish back for him. And he, you know, be like, OK, well, here's what your wish was. And him being like, well, if we know that my wish is not going to come true, why should I know what it is? Like, why would that be better? And that's an interesting idea. Because that's true. I mean, would you want to know if it's something that can't come true? Would you want to know? Or would you be like Asha where you're like, but you still deserve to know what your wish was, you know? But I think that they should have had somebody accidentally grant their own wish. Mm, yeah. I mean, and they kind of do with the grandfather towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. But I think that that would have been a better thing. Because, like, he has the whole thing with the whole wishing star and all this other stuff. But also, like, what if because of what the grandfather is doing with his granddaughter, well, it's not him necessarily singing a song that inspires the next generation. He's still inspiring the next generation. What if in doing that, his wish disappears and counts as fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that gives, you know, Magnifico like worry. Right. Realizing that, you know, he's not actually protecting wishes. They can still come true without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, what if technically Asha was in a sense, the one that was inspiring the next generation and Asha was a descendant of his and in a sense, therefore his wish was being granted. Well, and in that just way. inspired by him, you know? Right. So it's like, she does what his wish was because she was inspired by him. So therefore ex facto, his wish is fulfilled. Like, yeah, I think that that's a more interesting concept. Yeah. You know, and would per, yeah. like actually present a threat to what Magnifico was, you know, possibly imagining what wishes meant mm-hmm. or could be. And I think that that also goes to my biggest other problem with this movie is Magnifico. Mm hmm. He's not villainy enough for what the concept is of like stealing wishes in the end and wanting ultimate control over the destiny of people because that's what he becomes. But he becomes that in like the last 25 minutes of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) There should be more to it then. Well, I'm trying to remember how is it that they decided to grant the certain wishes? He just picks one. He just picks them. Arbitrarily. But then the whole thing is, 
you know, because he still wants to be able to control whose wishes or whatever. Basically, it's like he wanted to pick one that he knew wouldn't threaten something for him in a way. But I do think that he did have a point at there was something he had said about her grandfather's wish about like, yeah, but do we know what this could mean down the line? Like the repercussions of this and like people sometimes don't think about what, you know, their wish coming true could actually mean long term. And and that's a good point. That's a very good point. And that's why, you know, you shouldn't everybody shouldn't just have anything they want, because what if somebody wants to just kill someone because they're really mad at them? You don't want to grant that wish. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, what if their wish is to be the next Magnifico or, you know, why would you want to grant that? Or also, like I said, 18 year old, my wish was to be a sex God. Why would (laughs) like that be irresponsible to grant that wish? Like, (laughs) you know, because ultimately he would know that that would do nothing for me in the Mm -hmm. end and all these things like. There is legitimate reasons to not grant people's wishes. But because it's also implying that everybody's wishes, like you said, are good. Right. Yeah. Some people have shitty wishes like Henry Kissinger. (laughs) There we go. Yes. That was a good segue. It was a good full circle moment there. But yeah, I and and I agree. I, I think that that's that is a fair point and an interesting point. But I also know at the same time. He Magnifico was also just saying it because he was like, I just want the wishes I want to come true because I know they're not going to be threatening to me in any sort of way. So I and and you're right. I think he was more of an antagonist than he was a villain, you know, and but they really wanted him to be a villain at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like just randomly decided that because I think that they could have done the progression of his villain arc better or him as a character better could have been more of like because you, you do see the moments at the beginning where when he's talking to his wife or whatever and he is you, you see that he has a little bit of like morale he has a little bit of someone holding him down his wife to kind of be like you know we built this together let's stick with it and he's like okay you know listening to somebody sound and you know it just it feels like his arc would have been better if it was like an unintentional I was trying to do the right thing, but ended up becoming the villain in the process. You know, I think that this movie would have been suited better if it went more the Encanto route and didn't have a bona fide villain. And it was just also true. The concept of some of this stuff was ultimately what was the problem, you know, because just the concept of generational trauma is the villain of Encanto. Yeah. I think that that would have been better in this. I think it would have been better that, you know, he has the pressure of granting wishes and finding the right time of granting wishes and all this other stuff that, you know, and there are times when maybe some wishes are too late and he can't actually grant them and it mean anything and all this other stuff. I think that that would have been better. It's just he randomly, you know, Gets involved with some dark magic randomly, you know, and I love the fact that it's like, he's like, oh, it's dark magic. You can never fuck with it. But like randomly also has every single thing he would ever need to do dark spells. Yeah. Also, because they're also implying that it's like the first time he's really looking through this, you know, and all this other stuff. But then like, and I find it very weird that, you know, the wife character just really loves him and all this other stuff and wants nothing but the best for him and wants, you know, him to be okay. And then at the end, she's just like, 
nah, fuck you, bro, die. Yeah, that's just a big swing, too. That escalated quickly, yes. You know? And so it's just like little things like that. It's just wildly inconsistent. And never feels like there was a solid grasp of what they wanted to do. I think these people, Saul and Kanto, wanted aspects of it, but wanted also too much to be a traditional Disney movie. I think that this might have been influenced by the Bob Iger of all of it, because Bob Iger is like, hey, one of the reasons why Disney's sucking so bad right now is because we're trying to do too much of a message in our movies. Some of your most successful movies of recent memory have a fucking message. Like, and you're saying that you would rather get rid of that. You know, if Bob Geiger, if Bob Iger has his way Encanto doesn't happen. What the fuck is Disney doing if they don't have Encanto at this point? Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, are we just getting a bunch more wishes? Like, yeah. That's the biggest thing is this doesn't have a message ultimately because it never grounds itself enough to actually have one. Yeah. I feel like the closest they get is like make your own wishes come true, but (laughs) that's a, it's very mixed in the middle of other stuff. Yeah. But it starts at a flight of stairs and just falls down them until they get to that message. Yeah. They don't actually make a journey to it. They just fall into it. Yeah. I honestly don't even think I would have minded if this movie was sort of a journey of Asha or somebody figuring out what they wanted their wish to be before they were giving it away, you know, and you feel like that's sort of what it was at first with like, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just, uh, no, I was just going to say that's a great point. Oh, yeah. That's also a big missing point in this is that that character's journey of like, where's her moment of just what's her wish going to be? Yeah. She she vaguely does it like with Magnifico where she's like, can you grant my grandfather's wish? <laughs> but yeah, like that's the thing that you that you love about these well done Disney stories is the journey of the main character and seeing what they're going through to get to that journey. And that's why they're relatable and they hit home more when you have those types of stories. You know, I think it would have been better if like she was like struggling to find a wish and all it could be was that her wish was to grant her grandfather's wish. And that's the only thing she could come up with. And yeah. Magnifico, and like when she was like interviewing with him and she could have brought that up and him was like, look, I get that and I understand it. But, you know, that's what I, my wish would have been. But you realize with that power, you can't, like, that can't be your wish. You know, and... In turn, you can have it be that her wish isn't necessarily just to grant her grandfather's wish. Her wish is then to help everybody grant their wish, which is ultimately what she does. I think it would have been more solid, though, if that was specified, if it was just her at some point coming to the realization of it's not that she wants to be the next Magnifico. She wants there to not need to be a Magnifico. Yeah, that's a better story. You know, that there should be the thing that makes a wish personal and fulfilling is when you do the work to fulfill it. 
And I think that would have been better because they kind of have her doing that at the end of it when she's like, Hey, you want to fly and you want to do shit. So like go make planes or whatever the fuck they were doing. Like also it was weird how this movie was like, Oh, we're going to Shrek everything and just have 9 million nods to fairy tale shit. Right. We're going to have Peter Pan. We're going to have Mary Poppins. We're going to have, uh, you know, the seven dwarves. We're going to do all this stuff. Like we're going to have all these nods to all these other Disney things in this movie, which was a very Shrek way of doing that. But it's also very weird because it's like, what, 20 years after Shrek? When they're doing that, that felt very odd. And I I was just going to say real quick that I'm, I'm kind of upset with how they handled the seven dwarf characters because they were weirdly one of the more interesting things in this movie. And I don't remember a single one of their names because they all had different names. You know, they all had different names, but they were playing these other characters. And now I don't know which one's which I'm kind of sad because there was like the, the, the one that was angry, grumpy, the one that was grumpy. Gabo. Oh, that was Gabo. I don't fucking remember who's who. That's the only one I remember because, uh, yeah, it was the easier name to remember, I feel like. <laughs> he was just more, I think, memorable than the others, but. I really kind of thought his character self was funny. I liked how he was just ultimately pessimistic and ultimately raining down on everyone's parade. Yeah. And, but then at the end, he was the, like, the quickest to jump up for the cause. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I did like that. That's a little interesting story arc. I like that. But also, like I said, they just, they were the seven dwarves with just different names. And I'm like, I don't remember any of their names. I know there's grumpy and they're sleepy. And, you know, that's all I really remember. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And, and I, and that's actually what I was about to say too, is like, I actually, I liked the idea of having a version of the dwarves, the seven dwarves in the movie, because I think it was it was a clever way to bring in these other characters into this, right? But just the different, like, more, I guess, modern take that they had on these characters, kind of like what we said with Gabo, where, you know, he's, you know, he's very quick-witted and, and all these things and always very, like, pessimistic. But it made him funny, you know? It kind of added a character element to him that he was so sarcastic and all these things. and um, And, yeah, like, the... Her, I think Asha's best friend was the one that was technically the doc character and she was really good too. And, you know, I, I like what they did with her and that she was kind of like doing what she could to help get, you know, Asha, you know, into steal these wishes and whatever else. Like there were interesting elements that they did with it, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like there, it, I don't know. I agree that there could have been something a little bit better as far as how they handled that as well. Um, And then I did also like the kind of the aspect of the end where there was the one character that I'm forgetting his name that was just really depressed all the time. And then the one that betrayed him. Yeah. Essentially he was sleepy. Oh, that was sleepy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, just like, and that was, that was interesting because I did like the idea at the end, how he's like, 
you know, I'm sorry, I just feel like I lost who I was or whatever it was he said along those lines. And I thought that was really a cool, like, kind of apology thing to put into this based on the story. But at the same time, like, there's not a whole lot of build up to anything with him either that warrants that. You know what I mean? It just feels like a very odd number like, oh, well, that was very mature of him and very nice of him and not unexpected, you know, because like you, you know, a little bit about him, but not enough to feel like that was like a strong character growth because we don't get enough of him before that, you know? Yeah, especially because they had him playing sleepy. And yeah, they were like, oh, no, that's because he actually lost his wish. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean everybody who loses their wish uh, goes sleepy? But but what also, it's like, but like you said, it's because you have no point of reference. You should have seen him. You, that should have been a part of the movie. Him giving away his wish. Yeah. You need to see the change to make the right. change at the end work. Yep, I agree. You know, and also, why is every animal in this movie, like, why is their wish to talk? That's a good point. Very convenience factor for the songs that they do. Apparently not a single animal in this movie <laughs> wishes for anything other than to talk. <laughs> yes. To be heard or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I was a bear, maybe I want a steak. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're just hungry. That's a very real thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. And and, you know, it, it, there was, you know, it was predictable in some ways, too, because like even with Star coming around and helping with the wishes, you knew Star was going to have to leave. And so that's why he was giving her the powers to be able to grant the wishes on her own. You knew that the queen was going to be the ruler in the end after Magnifico, you know, went villainy. So there were I mean, some I know tropes. She, I know she I know the queen helped. Stop Magnifico. Would you trust her, though? I mean, I don't know. She's not the best judge of character, probably. <laughs> I mean, she was married to and presumably fucking the villain of this yeah. whole movie. Created this kingdom with him. <laughs> yeah, just turned real quick. <laughs> and everybody's like, but now nah, you're good. Uh-huh. We have zero worries about it. And and that is that's funny too because like you do see the moment where she's trying to appeal to him before he turns actual all villain. But I just feel like especially, you know, as much as she talked about like we built this together, we wanted to make something of this, like that she would have done something else to try to appeal to him as a villain before she was just like, well, I tried the one time before he was full blown bad. And it didn't work, so he's got to go. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a big, big change. We had a conversation. Where you were still teetering a little bit. You were still on the edge of it, and then I brought you back, but that was it. Like, you know? Like, we talked once. It didn't work out. So you need to die. <laughs> yeah. It could have even just be like, you shouldn't be ruler. But it was like, we got to, we got to destroy. We must destroy him. Yeah. Stop him at all costs. And at this point, that means he's got to die or 
being trapped in a fucking mirror forever or whatever. Like, <laughs> right. It's just so much like, I was just like, that's such a quick swing. And like, I, it just, nothing felt earned that maybe that's the, also the biggest problem in this movie is nothing feels completely earned. It's like they yeah. were wishing for this movie to be what they wanted it to be. And they didn't want to put any of the work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and like, and also something that I also just thought of is Asha's mom. If I'm understanding right, her wish was for her grief to go away. After the dad died or her husband died. If I want to say that that was what her wish was because they talked about like, you know, how, how deeply she felt after she found out what it was or something like that. But I, am I misremembering that? Oh, I have no fucking clue. Okay. <laughs> I know she was sad because her, her wish was destroyed, quote unquote. Okay. But it wasn't even destroyed. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Cause I, and maybe that was my misunderstanding of it, but I thought her, the, the sadness or whatever no, was no. because okay, of so the grief. That was just the, 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 if, when your wish is destroyed, you're filled yeah. with a little bit of despair uh-huh. because like a part of you is gone. Even if oh, you yes. didn't know what it was and you didn't remember it. Oh, right. It okay. went away. That makes more sense. Because for some reason, the way that it played out or what I saw or thought was that she was, her wish was for her grief to go away about her husband. And then she realized that that's what her wish was. And so she had her grief back. I would <laughs> but hope, I get it. Yeah. I would hope that's not her wish as an 18 year old. I mean, I guess that's fair, but we don't know their ages, you know, maybe. I'm hoping she didn't get married when she was 16. <laughs> Have a kid know. or, you know, that's like eight when they die. <laughs> that's and fair. she's just I, so I, young that when she's 18 or I guess she would have had to have been even less than 16 for her wish to be. I don't want to feel sad about my husband. Listen, it's Disney. So. They, they'd be marrying people young in Disney, <laughs> but no, I get it. Like, and that was just, and I also had forgotten at that point too, that, oh yeah, your, your wish, you give your wish when you're 18. So never mind. But I was just trying to figure out because it felt like they were trying to incorporate something about the grief of, you know, the dad being gone mixed in with this whole loss of wishes thing. And so I guess it just kind of got a little confusing for me what was happening there with that one. But fair enough. That is fair. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it also kind of sucked, though, when when um, Asha was, you know, trying to explain to them, like, hey, I got your wishes back. I know what they were, whatever. Like, she was very unsupported by her family. And I kind of get, you know, it's like, well, why do we want to know these wishes if they're not going to be granted? But I mean, they just kind of acted like a, what, a 17 or 18 year old's not going to want to do that. And like, instead of just being like, hey, here's why we don't want to do that. They were just like, how could you? How dare you? This is terrible. And like, not, you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like they were shunning her for trying to do the right thing, but also forgetting that she's so young that like, why would she not think that you would want to know these things? You know, when you're young in your mind, and you're like, Everybody deserves to know the things that they wish for. Like, that's going to be your mindset, you know? So it was just very weird that they were like, no, how could you ever do this? And it's like, okay, well, let's put it in context, you know? Yeah, because I think that that's 
I, I do. I, I, I kind of agree with you that. I mean, either way, I think it's a reasonable thing. Like, even if you're not young, I think it's a reasonable request. Yeah. It's just, I thought it was so funny. Like just how angry the grandfather got. He was so mad. Yeah. Not mad at Magnifico for anything, but definitely mad at his own granddaughter about it. <laughs> yeah. And like, and I that feel like sense. if he had just listened to what his wish was, he'd have been like, no, nah, fuck that guy. My wish is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least he knows that what he wished for was something really good or something, you know, like his wish was apparently selfless or something, you know what I mean? And like deserved to have been granted, even if it wasn't, you know, that there's kind of solace in that, I would think, you know. Oh, exactly. Like. You know, like, then he could have been like, yeah, fuck that guy. I'm going to go inspire some fucking people right now. Yeah. And he could have started the revolution of I'm going to make my own wish come true. Join me. But like, like, you know, also, I don't know. Do they imply that he can even play guitar? I mean, he, or is that tied into his wish? Yeah. He wants to learn guitar so he can inspire. <laughs> That's part of the wish. He was playing it at the very end, but I didn't see him play it any other time. Exactly. He does not play guitar at all in this movie. <laughs> this was such end. a very specific wish. <laughs> so specific. When I'm a hundred, I want to have learned to play guitar to inspire people. <laughs> but also it kind of shows how lazy people of this kingdom were. <laughs> like, cause he's like, man, now nah, I want to learn how to play guitar. And they're like, Oh cool. You're going to teach yourself. Nah, I'm just going to wish for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do point. a damn thing. I'm not even going to go buy a guitar. Oh no. Yeah, waste the wish on that. I'm just going to wait till I can play it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. But I mean, I guess like when your wish comes true, if that's what it was, maybe you get a free guitar. This is part of your wish. Just Apparently, know it. yeah. You just, Learn a it. guitar manifests itself. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe. But yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those movies that like, they had a lot of good ideas hidden and buried away in there, but it just, it felt like, again, there wasn't a lot of heart behind this movie as much as there was so many other movies that came before this one. Yeah. I think I just, I don't, like I said, I don't feel like they really tried. I think they just kind of did it. Yeah. Kind of like what you said. They wished for this movie to be better. <laughs> They wished for it to be what you, what they were hoping it was, but it did not go that way. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the problem is this movie is just indicative of the process that they did when making this movie. A very self-aware movie. (laughs) They're just not putting in any effort. They're just like, man, we hope it does gangbusters. Right. We ain't going to do Wish is really just our wish for how we hope this movie comes across. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the movie. Like, man, we hope people like these songs. Oh, you're going to write great songs. We're going to write some songs. Right. Man, and and it's not even, and again, like, they weren't even bad songs. They weren't bad songs, and they were, like I said, beautifully sung by whoever was singing. All of them were great singers, especially Ariana DeBose. But, like, I just don't, I don't understand, because I'm like, they're beautiful songs. What happened here? <laughs> like, I actually think that probably... I mean, I think my favorite song was probably the one where all the animals also were singing along about you're a star or whatever that song was about being a star yourself. But other than that one, I really liked the one that Magnifico and Asha sang together uh, when they met 
And, you know, that one was a good song. Um, yeah. Can you sing any of it? No, because exactly. I don't even remember how it went. And I'm like, what happened here? Guys? I have been trying to like delve into my memory to see if I can remember anything from this fucking like movie when it comes to the songs. Yeah. You know what song I keep thinking of? Hmm. What else can I do from fucking Encanto? <laughs> I Anytime see I why. <laughs> try to think of a song from this movie. Yeah. I think of that song. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe unpopular opinion. That's probably my least favorite of the songs from Encanto. Ooh, I think you're crazy. <laughs> I love that song. I okay. love everything about that song. I love that scene. And saying worst isn't like, they're all great songs in Encanto, but that one's just not on my favorite list. It's all right. <laughs> no, I love it. I yeah. love that song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, I, I, I kind of get what you mean though. Cause I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was that you're a star song that kind of like is reminiscent of the tune or the energy of the Encanto. I one? don't know what song you're talking about. Okay. What song it's, is that? It's yeah. I just know that it has a line about you're a star in it. And it's like where all the animals in the forest were singing along with okay, her. So about. it's the animal song. Yes. Yes. Okay. That was my issue is I don't know what song you're talking <laughs> about. You have to give me the context. Like mm-hmm. what was happening in the song? That is yeah. the only way I'm going to possibly remember there was a song. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was it. That's, yes. I've, I've been trying this whole time and I keep just going back to that song. Yeah. I'm watching Understandably. tonight. Understandable as well. That's, I mean, yeah, I don't even think it's recency bias with that, but like, I just think that's probably my favorite Disney movie. You know, it's great in all the ways. Well, you can't even say that. Wish was the most recent one you watched. <laughs> I mean, true, but I guess I just mean like, I mean, well, there were a few that came out after Encanto, but that was such a huge movie when it came out. I guess maybe not musicals, just Disney movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like, I know Luca came out after, but it wasn't really a musical. It was just a Disney movie. It was Pixar. Or Pixar. Yeah. yeah. But. Red. Now, Turning Red, though. Turning Red, great. Turning Red is a good movie. Yeah. Loved Turning Red. It is good. I like Encanto better still, but it is good. It's very good. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch Encanto tonight and tomorrow before football. Might try to fit me a Moana in there. Nice. Maybe after football tomorrow, might watch me a Frozen. Then Just you going know, back to the good the good Disney stuff. Find time to throw a Frozen 2 in there. Yeah. I think Frozen 2 is slept on. Really enjoyed Frozen 2. I don't think it's as good as Frozen 1, but I think it's damn good. Still pretty good, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely gonna watch it before I ever even remember that Wish is a movie. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah, which it, it's just unfortunate because you're like, again, there was potential here, and even if they had had songs that were a little bit more catchy that you would remember, that alone probably would have given us a few more points. At least give us the catchy, good songs. If you know? I remembered a single fucking song from this movie, I might have given it a C. Yeah. One. 
And that's why it is such a waste of these amazingly talented voices, too. I'm like, you know, you're giving us all you got here with these songs, but they're just not memorable. So. Yeah. Anyway, do you got any more thoughts? I've got fucking nothing. I'm tapped. I feel like this is just got to be a record for one of our shortest episodes because I mean, that's just what this movie does. Like there's just nothing to unpack or, you know, give that connection to, unfortunately. In our early days, we did a few that were under an hour. Okay. Like, and I'm talking long, long, long time ago. We did a few that were under an hour. Uh, Zombieland Double Tap was an hour eight. Gemini huh. Man, hour 20. Joker, hour 25. Uh, I guess Zombieland probably just because it was so much like the first one that I think we just didn't have as much to say on that one. I mean, Rambo Last Blood, we went for an, me and Justin went for an hour and 10 minutes. We spent about 25 minutes of that talking about Frozen. I remember that. Ad Astra, we went for an hour 11. Hustlers, an hour three. That's interesting God, because that was a be great movie. We used to be so fucking succinct on shit. Ready or not, we went for 53 minutes. Wow. And those were Hustlers and Ready or Not were great movies. Yeah. So. We went huh. so much shorter back in the day. What did we, what happened to us? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking. Oh, man, we used to just go, I mean, yeah, hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. Spider-Man Far From Home, hour eight. Wow. I think part of it is also we didn't do all the fucking intros. Like the intros were not as long either. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because it was probably just when it was the original game more so. Yeah, Yeah, that's Uh, fair to say. This might even be pre-game. Oh, this. I say that this might be original, original game where I just fucked with Justin. Yeah, you just asked Jason for a song. <laughs> I mean, Men in Black International, 51 minutes. Oh, man, that movie. Bright Burn, we did in 53. And I think that was also back when Devin was still with us. Yeah. And yet, that's also <laughs> when we went three hours for Game of Thrones. Mm, yeah. Two hours for Avengers Endgame. We did, we did a trailer Slayers for 56 minutes. That means we just talked about trailers for 56 minutes, but then only spent an hour and three minutes talking about Hellboy. I'm curious which trailers those were now. But yeah, that's uh, interesting. Uh, That trailer slayers, we talked about trailers for the Adams Family Animated, The Lion King, X-Men, Dark Phoenix, The Boys, and Swamp Thing, the TV series. Oh, okay. The Swamp Thing, I know, was me. Because I Mm -hmm. love Swamp Thing. So I guarantee that was was me. Ooh, we did a Trailer Slayers. Me and Jastin did a Trailer Slayers for an hour and a half. Talking about Avengers, Endgame, Aladdin, Game of Thrones, Hellboy, X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and so much more. Nice. You and Devin did a trailer slayers talking about Aladdin and child's play. 
It was just us. Yeah. See, that was so long ago. I don't even remember it being one where it was only me and him. Oh, yeah. The evolution of our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we've gone longer on this right here than uh, than me and Justin. We're, we're, we're almost close to what me and Justin did on the first Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. How long was that episode you guys did on that movie that you just laughed through most of <laughs> for the one part? Oh, uh, Prisoners of Ghostland? Yeah. Oh, God. I have to remember when the fuck we watched that. I just feel like it was probably not a long episode. We did not go terribly <laughs> long on that, but... Unless it was like a double feature. I can't remember, but... Oh, it might have been. Yeah. Actually, no. I think on that one, we just did that. Mm-hmm. I still think that that has to be one of the best episodes we've ever fucking done though just because Jess and I just could not keep it together the joint confusion that just bonded oh, yeah. you oh my god I cannot find this I think I'm close though prisoners of Ghostland, one hour 15 minutes okay yeah the fuck is the movie Kate? <laughs> I think that's the one with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Kind of like a John Wick type movie with her as like the the main I don't know. Uh, Apparently you person. and Justin did an episode on that. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that. I, I was not on that and I don't even know what movie it is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. The Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Woody Harrelson Netflix movie. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Anything else? I got nothing. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. We are Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook, Cinema underscore Slayers on threads and Instagram at cinema slash pod on TikTok at cinema slash pod on YouTube. Shout out to plug me go Mundo Choa for our theme song and logos respectively. Give us a five star ring review. We'd really appreciate it. It really helped us out. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love. That would be Chris Pine. No lies told on that one. <laughs> Remember, here at the Cinema Slayers podcast, we are both pro-slut, pro-Sydney, and pro-naked. I shouldn't say we're both because we're three things now. <laughs> Remember, you are Knuff. Did I add something to that? And I think I forgot. I thought I might have added one more thing to that. Was it the pro-torture thing? <laughs> no. Okay. No, isn't that just Justin? Justin is just Justin is pro-torture. Just me. You guys oh, it's you. me. <laughs> I don't even remember who the fuck's pro torture on this. <laughs> yeah. I just know it's not me. <laughs> it's not really any of us, but you know. <laughs> and I think that was the look you gave me last time I said that. <laughs> I said it for a reason. That's all I know. I don't remember what that reason is, but I said it for a reason. 
And as I always end this podcast, these TikToks, these YouTube videos, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. We can insert an old Justin rant on this piece. Nobody knew it was anything but you. Be like, oh, I like Burger King even though I never eat it. Cinema slayers. <laughs> Do you kind of a little bit miss those arguments with him? No. Nah. Because <laughs> it's been settled that that's it was the always settled of the. <laughs> oh no, that that what is it? Keynes is the Arthur. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Like just the fact that Justin was lying about, it, I wanted, I just wanted him to admit it to himself. <laughs> it was really a psychology lesson for Justin. I knew the truth. I needed Justin to know the truth too, and to know that the truth was okay. <laughs> it's a service you did, a service yeah. you provided. Yes, because like I said, I know the fucking truth. I never wavered. You know, I don't live near a Whataburger, but I still support it. I advertise it on a daily basis. You're very loyal to Whataburger. Yes. I also just buy shit from them. Apparel, novelty items, all kinds of stuff. I still, so I give them my money still. I would prefer to give them money for food, but I can't. Right. So I still support them by in other ways. Because you want other people to still have their food. Yeah. I get it. Because ultimately what matters is that they exist and that I help them exist. Yes. Justin likes to claim bird, <laughs> you know, it matters that bird can exist. Doesn't fucking help them one bit. <laughs> Not one bit. Yeah. So and now we know, we know the truth. Yeah, we do. Justin, you're lying son of a bitch. You don't actually like Burger King. Just saying. <laughs> and we have to like actually wait for him to wa- like watch this movie to come back at me for this shit because he's not going to listen to the episode if he doesn't watch the movie. <laughs> so. Yeah. All I know is uh, I'll always be right. All right. I'm out. <laughs>